0: is up everybody yo this is the perspective podcast listen we're really excited to uh to dive into this topic that we have for today now last time if you had the chance to tune in first of all i just want to say thank you so much uh last time we talked about death and not just about the natural course but how really biblically speaking Death is like an option that you can choose. Like you <laughs> now, the church has made it. I won't get back into all of that, but the church has made it such a normal thing. And I think if we're going to live the gospel in a supernatural, mystical way—the the way that we were designed to live it—then we have to understand that the call that we're um, or the life that we're being called into is one that is of everlasting life. Cahier. Olam. That's right. So, um, we, that was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. We had a blast. Now, Thank today, you. we want to talk about something that is just as equally provocative, <laughs> a little bit offensive, but it's this telepathy. <laughs> now, telepathy, like when you hear that word, it's really easy to think of like, Like something super new age or like science fiction. Um, You know, you see a lot of this in movies and stuff. But really, when you look up the definition of telepathy, it just means communication of thoughts or ideas by means other than the known senses. So there's like a hypersense, uh, maybe a spiritual sense, by which you are becoming a receptor of communications that can't be explained or received by natural senses, and you want to know what that sounds a whole lot like to me? Telepathy. <laughs> that sounds like when Yahweh speaks to me. You know, like has Kimball. Let me ask you this. I know this is going to be a crazy question. Has God ever spoken to you? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> has it ever been? But like, let's be real though for a second, because a lot of people have asked me before, like. Uh, you know how God speaks to me, and they've asked about how do I know when God is speaking to me, and like it's really easy for us to attribute God speaking to like an audible voice. You know, like that's I mean when you like when you brand new into the kingdom, Kibble, turn your phone. I'm sorry, off. man, I'm so sorry, man. How many times do I? Uh, you're fired. Please no. Um, I have a family. I'm kidding. Um. But, like, often it's really easy, like, when you're new to this to, like, think that when you come into the kingdom, you read all these stories in the Bible because you're trying to get to know God. So you read the Bible and you hear about, you know, hearing voices and the Lord said this and the Lord said that. And the only grid that we have for understanding the, the hearing of a voice is, aud- is audible sounds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I literally can think of, like, two times in my life where I've heard an audible voice. That, I, that it that was totally Yahweh speaking in an audible way. The other nine billion times I've heard him speak to me uh, had nothing to do with an audible sound. You know, it was literally like yeah. I was like telepathically speaking to God. Like he used the telepathy, the communication of thoughts or feelings or ideas or, or um, uh, like his desires in a way that just like a thought his thought popped up into my head. Yeah. And it's such a cool subject, man. I, uh,
1: as much as I could, as much as I would like, if I ever wanted to reflect the nature of my earthly father, you know, Stephen, if I wanted to reflect his nature, I would have to do much more than just read a book about him, mm. you know, cause that's not being near him uh, yeah. That's not knowing his voice totally. Um, you know, to 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 know somebody and to reflect their nature, you have to spend time with them and learn how they speak, how they walk, how they talk, how they manage their money, how they manage
0: their relationships, um, and ultimately learning how they think. Yeah, dude. I think this is where the mind of Christ comes in. You know, and but like, let's break that down totally. for a second. A lot of people.
1: Uh, hear this term the mind of christ and we have already gotten uh and this has been this way for a long time where we have this attitude in the church where we are we've just gotten out the majority of the evangelical charismatic pentecostal community has really in my mind only recently divorced themselves from the idea that they're still sinners Wow, yeah. You know, we have just embraced this revelation of being sons and daughters and a lot a lot of the church is still timid to and it's kind of trying to dance around that revelation because yeah. you know, we have the spirit of religion that Ooh. that holds us back. Ooh. So, say that. The mind of Christ is something that is uh I don't I don't want to say like apostle says, sometimes it's given, but not a, it's not a given. It's something that you have to engage and lay hold of for yourself. You know, when I received the blood, I still, uh, you know, I was not like, yeah. And you've all, you've heard stories, you know, at least one or two people that just had that radical, dramatic transformation. Where Absolutely, me. They had. <laughs> Shut up. You know, where they had all desire to sin left them permanently, and they did everything perfectly from that day forward. Yeah. Like, there's one or two testimony stories that we could probably think of that are like that. But for the majority of believers, nobody deals with that. It's a, it's a continual walking out of
0: our totally. salvation, as as the Bible mentions. So, yeah. it comes down to the mind well, it's of it's like Christ. you're presented with an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you can Here's th- something that our friend Maddie said one time that free it's so awesome he said this you can't give your whole life to god you can only give him every single moment yeah one so moment in every single moment you have a decision yeah am i going to walk out the fact that i was transformed in the renewing of my mind i've received mm-hmm. the mind of christ been seated in heavenly places i can walk that out right now or i can choose something else you know? Yeah. And so, like, we give every single moment, and that's what the, it looks like, I think, to be in yep. that mind is to always be operating out of that yes, mind where you good. can think the thoughts of Yahweh yeah. and carry out that action.
1: It's like, you know, even, it's as simple as stuff in your day to day. Like, when you're going outside, if you're checking the mailbox at your apartment or your home, and you see, like, for example, like your next door neighbor, he's got like a dog that always knocks over your garbage can or something and is always getting into your stuff and you look over at him and you can identify him through your uh through the lens of you being annoyed with him and say man he's just annoying he doesn't take care of his of his of his dog his dog is always getting into my stuff i really don't want to talk to him today yeah. or we can view him through the lens is that yeshua jesus paid a price for that man yeah for that person yeah and it's the same way with your waitress at a restaurant it's the same way with the people that that are ringing out your groceries at walmart yeah um to the people that you're in class with everywhere that you go there was a price paid for them yeah and that's that all ties into thinking god's thoughts not only about yourself but around but uh on behalf of every single other person around you yeah and that is hearing the audible voice of God in your head. The mind of Christ totally, will give dude. us every thought.
0: Yes. Like the mind, If you when you think, I mean, I've received the mind of Christ. What do you do with a mind? Like what, if, if you were to ask what me. What is a mind? Like when, you, when I, what do I do with my mind? I would say, yeah. well, I think with my mind. That's right. where I think. It's where I produce thought. It's where I capture thought. It's where I engage thought. And uh, it's also where I believe the mind of Christ is, where we hear the voice of God, because He speaks. He speaks through thoughts. He is a yeah. telepathic God, and that sounds so offensive because it's so science fiction. But telepathy is something that I believe Christians need to master. And here's why. Let's talk about one of an, just an awesome um, uh, dude, uh, dude from the Bible, a dude man. Psalm 139, David. Is speaking my about man. the book that was written about him in the beginning. He's speaking on his scroll, and what, um, what, in verse what seventeen. What is a scroll
1: for those for those who are listening that may not be familiar with that? Yeah, the scroll
0: is this. The scroll that can be answered in um, in 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 literally one verse. Your eyes saw my unformed substance; in your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when wow. yet when uh, as yet there was none of them. So David is revealing the fact that Yahweh has a book written about him, um, every single day of his life is written in this book, a life of uh, it's, his purpose is written out. Um, and that would tell me this, that Yahweh has this book. Like if, my, if I were to tell you my dad wrote a book about me and all of his kids, you would assume that in my dad's house somewhere there's a library where I could go access those books and read them. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's revealing the fact that there's a book that you can that you can literally base your life off of. Every single day, to give you a practical example, every day I wake up, and at some point throughout the morning I'm saying this, I choose the scroll. I choose the scroll. Because I want to live every single day according to the book that was written about me, the day that was fashioned about me in the beginning. But, uh, so anyways, in order to live according to the escrow, I've got to be able to see it. Well, how do I see it? How do I hear the word that God spoke about me? How do I hear him speaking progressively in my life throughout the day so I know what to do? So I can even hear his voice. Well, David says this. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. Do you understand how crazy that sounds? You know how many grains of sand are on a beach? <laughs> yeah, but like... <laughs> Aside from that, what if I were to tell you, Kimball, I, walk, I just walk into your office one day and say, Kimball, hey man, what you were just thinking a few seconds ago is so precious to me, thank you so much, and I just left. Like, I'm telling you yeah. that I have the ability to think your thoughts?
1: I just would like to point out that uh, conservative estimates point to there being 10 to the 18th power grains of sand in the world which doesn't make much sense in the moment but
0: that many thoughts if
1: you if you divide that out into a number that we can sort of comprehend seven quintillion five hundred quadrillion grains of sand i can't understand that i've heard those numbers before but i can't even comprehend like Like yahweh yahweh
0: has that many thoughts about me and David reveals here that we can see those thoughts. He says, "How precious are your thoughts he's revealing the fact that I can see god 's thoughts about me, um, and I think that was the driving force of his life that is the the reason why we can live out the scroll is because we can think his thoughts and see the scroll now that's super important not just in reg- not just as it relates to like um, the ability to like see um, you know, you know, like Yeshua says, "This I only do what I see my Father doing." Yeah. So the way that that they communicate there is by way of sight. Yeah. He sees what the Father's doing, and he does that. That's how he carries out his actions. Habakkuk 2 says that um, I will look to see what you are saying to me. So there it comes again. What hearing a voice is is scripturally attributed to the ability to see the voice. Now that sounds crazy, but you know that most of the Bible, the Old Testament especially, is, was written in Hebrew, right? Yeah. Well, there's an old Hebrew letter. It's called Ayin. And uh, I was studying this recently. Now, I'm studying from a book called, uh, shout out, Friends of Eber. Yes. Uh, a Guide to the Living Letters of the Hebrew Alphabet. This is by a, a publishing company uh, it's very close to me, my family, called Scrolls of Zebulun. Yes. Um, so if you look up Friends of Eber... Um, On the internet, you can purchase one of these. It's got like information about every single letter, um, uh, as it relates to Strong's and Scripture, where it shows up in Scripture, and just the interpretation of having engaged with of of mystical seers who are in relationship with Yahweh, engaging with these letters. Well, this this letter called Ayin is the sixteenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and uh, it literally represents an eye, or a fountain, or a well an eye as in like something uh, like the means by which you can see yeah um and uh it's cool because um one of what it means this is is to see or understand and obey um and uh the book says this the best teachers are those who show you where to look but don't tell you what to see Um, And this is uh, um, one of my great friends, Miss Elizabeth Corley, is saying this. She says, to me, looking and seeing, she's one of the authors of this book, to me, looking and seeing are two different things. You can look at something but not understand it. To see something is not just to look at it. True seeing is understanding and then applying that understanding. Oh, that's good. And it says this, the Hebrew word shama, which has an ayin in it, the letter ayin means to hear intelligently, to listen to and obey. Um, And it says this, in order to truly hear something, we need to consume the frequency we see. Those are the letters there. It's shin, mem, ayin. Shin represents consuming. Mem represents a frequency. And ayin represents the eye that we see. So it says hearing is not just with with our ears, but also with our eyes. We hear by consuming the things that we see, taking every thought that we see captive, and we hear that way. So not only is it a biblical thing like portrayed by authors of scripture, but even embedded in the Hebrew language, the ancient Hebrew language, is the reality that we hear with our ability to see. We behold and we become. That's exactly right. We become what we behold. And you know what I think is so cool about this is that, Is that religion has told us this that the Bible is everything there is and there's nothing more like scripture, um, that uh, that you know if 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 I went into a lot of churches and started talking about the spiritual things that I see I would uh, I would be kindly asked to leave. You'd be shown the door. (laughs) I would be shown the door. (laughs) Um, and uh, but let me show you uh, somebody who I think this is an author of scripture, um, one of the uh, disciples of Yeshua who was um, daring enough to see, and because of his ability to see, he literally framed up the finish of what Yahweh desires to do in the earth. Can you guess who this is? We talked about him in the last podcast. Say it. Don't just mouth it. Don't just mouth it so no one can hear you. John! John! Now listen to this. The beginning of the book of Revelation, the introduction here... Says this. this is going to bless your socks off, Kimball. Are you ready for this? Probably not. The revelation of Yeshua Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. The things that must soon take place. Must soon take place. It's a requirement for it to take place. But that requirement was um, the requirement for the required things to take place was somebody to see it. Listen to what it says next. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Yeshua Christ, even to all that he saw. Three things that John is bearing witness to in the book of Revelation. The word of God, the revelation of Christ Yeshua, and all that he saw, everything he saw. This is, listen, you know how much the church loves when we bear witness to the word of God? It's good. When we bear witness to uh, Christ Yeshua, it's good. But when you start talking about bearing witness to everything you see, it gets a little bit freaky. But John doesn't care. He, all of this is birthed out of John's ability to bear witness to everything he's seeing. Um, he's seeing th- lampstands, the, the Lamb of God... Um, uh, Yeshua himself showing up, the only one worthy to open the scroll, which leads into the trumpets, which leads into the seals, which leads into the um, Babylon being defeated, the finish of Christ, the new heaven and new earth. Um, th- like the finish of everything Yahweh desires to do through Christ was revealed through somebody. Yeah. One person who was faithful enough to bear witness to the things that he saw.
1: All because he was willing to pay attention to those crazy little voices.
0: He took every thought captive. Every single one. He wrote it down. And like, when I I think about that, that, I think think about about this. The scripture scripture that says...
1: Oh, man, no. Oh, my gosh. That just slapped me upside the head. What? 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 So, taking every thought captive has always been taught to me as a means of managing sin. Of saying... Oh, dude, that's awesome, man. You just blew that apart for me. Yay. So taking every thought captive for me has always uh-huh. been taught is like, you know, uh, every time you think about, you know, a beautiful woman without her clothes on, take yeah. that captive, hold that down, yep. and submit it before the throne yep. so that it can be Dismiss judged that thought. And totally. dismissed and sent back to hell to, from where it came so programmed from. programmed
0: to think taking every thought captive means dis- dismissing every thought. It, exactly. Yeah. But what am
1: I to do when I'm given something that is – incredibly valuable yeah. to heaven that is that is a secret man yeah like what am i to do when i'm shown something that literally no one has ever thought before seen before or heard before Ooh. Because the Bible talks about that too. The Bible talks about us doing greater things than Yeshua ever did. And I don't believe the greater things. Things that have
0: never been seen before.
1: I don't believe the greater things are filling a stadium with a bunch of hipster Christians. Dang. At all. Come on, dude. I don't knock arena events where people get saved. I love the people who put them on. Uh I I honor them and I treasure what they do because it's a big deal. Totally, But it's not just that. Yeah. That is not the pinnacle mm-hmm. of of ministry life. It yeah. is bringing things into the, like I there's a there's a this is the example that I always give when I talk about this stuff is that Bill Johnson was the first one who ever revealed uh this was I heard this before I moved to the Rock of Mobile and and got involved with this ministry here yeah. where we are literally doing things some things I shouldn't talk about on this podcast <laughs> things that are literally going to change the world world
0: changing things that have never
1: been done verifiably
0: yeah
1: um bill johnson i heard this from him years ago he's if you're not familiar with bill johnson he is the senior pastor slash uh apostle honestly yeah (laughs) he's just a papa over over the uh over bethel uh redding campus out in california uh in redding california and uh, Bill is uh, primarily, he's a businessman, if I recall correctly. Him and Chris Ballatin, mm-hmm. both both of the, the senior leaders of the church. And Bill uh, had a dream years and years ago. He'll testify to this. He had a dream about the design for a fishing boat. And to my knowledge, Bill's not a fisherman, yeah. I don't think. Like, I don't think he's, like, ever competed or probably done anything beyond just, you know, casually, like, taking a Saturday and, yeah. you know, maybe going out on a small little uh, aluminum shallow boat Um, and he had this design that he was given in this dream for how this hull on this shallow you know those little tiny bucket boats almost that are made out of aluminum that sit on the surface of the water they don't cut into it Um, he was given a design for one because the big thing with fishing, especially competitively, is that you have to make as little noise as possible so Mm -hmm. you don't scare away the fish. Yeah. That's why these guys have small, quiet electric motors on these boats so that the fish don't disperse because Mm -hmm. sound travels underwater very effectively. So this hull of this boat had such contours and edges on it that when he awoke, he knew that he had to get that down, um... So he wrote it down and I think in the in the interview that he had talked about was a sermon that he had talked about this and he took it to a an engineer uh who who specializes in marine construction mm-hmm. and he said, "Look, I saw this in a dream. Um I believe that it is from God. Is this am I crazy or is this like does this design even make sense engineering-wise?" And the guy said, "I'll crunch some numbers and I'll get back to you." So he gets a call some time later and the guy says, you might want to get a patent for this dang! <laughs> because it was measurably quieter yeah. than anything that was on the market at the time and Dude, that's so awesome i haven't heard anything
0: about it since then you know what's I don't know cool about the a, word patent a, boat,
1: a bethel boat <laughs> i
0: <laughs> what's cool about the word patent which is why i believe christians are called to have patents man it's because patents rooted in the in the latin word potter hmm. which means father Something unique that comes from the Father, but that 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 like leads me to think this is that like we are we tend to think that the Scripture is the only uh, truth. Now Scripture is truth, foundational truth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, upon which we can dig our roots in. Yes. Um, and stand upon the foundation of Scripture and build. Yes, um, but it is the Father, Holy... Son, and Holy Ghost, not Father, yeah. Son, and Holy Bible. That's right, dude. Yeshua said that the Helper, the Holy Spirit, was coming to guide us into all truth. Yeah. That meant that there was truth to be revealed that wasn't a part of the, the, the ministry of his life. Um, and what he was doing, that wouldn't be written. He knew that he that this Helper was coming to, re, to guide us into all truth. Now, Yeshua said this, he said, um, "Unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of God." Which the inverse is that, of that is this: If you are born again, you will see the kingdom of God. You will see the unseen kingdom of God. And I think that what what the Holy Spirit, what Holy Ghost is doing in us as sons is helping us see the things that can't be seen, um, see the things that were never written, see the things Mm -hmm. that have never been dreamed up by man ever before, even the authors of the inspired scriptures. Yes. See those things that are going to guide us into all truth. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. It's this. Um, Somebody came to me recently because I teach – when I, like, mentor people – um, about uh about seeing and hearing and just engaging god i 'll often tell them that I'll honor your thoughts because when you have thoughts and it honors Yahweh, grab hold of it and do it and see if, see if it was true, see if that thing was real like practice hearing and doing and so i 'll tell them often like like I have stories countless stories where um Uh, here's one as a quick example to sum up all of them. I went to Disney World with my family. We had a waiter who came to our table, and as soon as I looked at him, I had a vision of him. I had a thought. Just a little thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. A thought hit me, and I took it captive. I saw him at a computer table coding on a computer, and I felt the weight in this thought. I felt like he was Bill Gates unrevealed. Like, he, nobody had known him yet. And so when he came to the back to the table, I said, Ben, his name was Ben. I said, Ben, I feel like I'm watching Bill Gates wait tables right now. This is ridiculous. He goes, why do you say that? I said, because, man, I, I, I hear the Holy Ghost when he speaks to me. I'm a Christian. I hear his voice. I had to kind of break it down for him. <laughs> and I he gave me a vision. I saw you sitting at a table, uh, like, C- programming a computer or a software he goes that's crazy dude in my free time when I'm not waiting tables I'm learning how to code <laughs> this, was a, this was a truth that the Holy Ghost guided me into. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that was not written in Scripture. I didn't read my Bible, and I say, oh, there's a guy named Ben that works at Disney World and waits tables, and yeah. he's going to be a computer programmer. It's in the Bible, so it's true. So I'm going to ask. No, I saw a truth that was unseen. Yeah. And it was the, the requirement of the ability to see that was that I would honor the thought that I would consume the frequency I see. That was freaky. Did you guys hear that? that was awesome there's a voice speaking in this room <laughs> um, but the requirement for me to see that is that I would consume the frequency I see like the letter the ancient Hebrew letter ayin that the fact that you can see your thoughts and that's the way that Yahweh's communicating with you now i had somebody that i um, that I've, has given me permission to speak into their life um, uh, she came to me one time and she said, she told me a story about how she saw things about somebody that ended up being true. Like it was impossible for her to have this word of knowledge about somebody, but it was true. And I, I, um, I kind of provoked her a little bit by asking her this. I said, what? You know, of course I sell like, that's awesome. It's so cool. And then I asked her this, I said, where's that in the Bible? Where'd you read it? And she goes, what? I said, yeah, you you, you had that knowledge about that person. Where did you read that in the Bible? You know, you had the ability to see into her life and it was like a word of knowledge. She goes, it's not in the Bible. I said, exactly. This is what Yahweh has given us. The ability to see things that are true and we can practice this on other people. The fact that I know that I saw that vision about Ben programming a computer and it was true means that when i see a vision of the heavens, when i see a lampstand in the throne room, when i see the mountain of zion and i'm being invited to come into a throne and sit like i'm seeing truths about the heaven, the heavens, things that are specific to my life that might not be in the bible but are the truth that the holy ghost is guiding me into. The thing the very thing that yeshua told me would happen is happening and we have to be able to see that. Do you get what i'm saying? Yeah, man. I mean, like that's just to me. It's the most profound thing ever. Is that like, you know, somebody asked me one time. Real, it, it, we were having lunch. Me and Maddie were having lunch with a friend of mine, and I said, I just real, I real briefly said this. I said, uh, you know, Yahweh spoke to me and, and told me to do this, and so I did it. And I just say that a lot. I say Yahweh spoke to me, and he said, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back and say, Okay, let's just pause. <laughs> God spoke to you, and I the said, "God." I said, "Yes." He said, "What is that like? Like, how do you hear?" It? I've never heard a voice. Like, I try. I've asked. I don't hear voices from God. And I stopped, and I just said, "This is what began this entire journey for me." One little response. I said, "You know, more often than I hear God's voice, I think God's thoughts. Like, and it has manifested so many different ways. One time, I walked into a Starbucks." and i decided i'm gonna hear god's voice um and i'm gonna think god's thoughts and let's let's go see what happens i see a um um, an older black man sitting at a computer typing and as soon as i look at him i think god's thought yahweh gives me his thought about him that. that i love this guy and i said you know what I had a thought of me telling him, I love you. And it was weird. You don't tell that to strangers. It's, it doesn't go over super well. But this time it did. I walked up to this guy and I said, Sir, I just want you to know that Yahweh loves you and that I love you so much. And he goes, huh. Let me tell you what I'm working on, son. I said, what are you working on? He said, I'm writing an article about white supremacy in the church. And I was blown away. He begins to describe this to me, and we have a great conversation um, where I had the opportunity to, I think, impact that article that he was writing just a little bit. And it could have been as subtle as this. There may be white supremacy in the church, but there is no white supremacy in the kingdom. That's right and i think that all of this came, this entire encounter that could have shaped that guy's ministry i think he was the bishop the bishop of a church it, this could have impacted his entire church he could have preached a message about this and changed the entire course of their life that that you know what there may be white supremacy in the southern church of the united states but there is not in the kingdom of god because a messenger a an oracle of heaven showed up to at starbucks a white kid just a white kid from alabama showed up And and confessed his love for me and God's love for me. And that changed the course uh, of my life. You know, like, this all starts, these things that are changing the course of history, start with our ability to see the thoughts, to think the thoughts that Yahweh has. To engage in telepathy. With God.
1: (laughs) Wow. That'll freak some people out here let me let me give you guys a really practical example here um i remember one time last year i was uh driving home from across town i live most of the things that i at the time you know like my church and uh, my girlfriend's uh parents house and all, my, all, all the stuff that i you know i am frequently l- there um Located on one side of town, I lived literally on the complete other side of town. So I had probably a good half hour drive on the way home to think about, you know, life and just whatever. And as I'm driving, I uh, got what we call, like, I got an impression in my spirit. Like, I just got this very strong urge all of a sudden to drive to the Target parking lot and the Walmart parking lot. Now, it's probably... 11 at night by this point it's pretty late I know that Target is probably closed so I roll into the Target parking lot I wait for a minute to hear see if I get like any more instruction which I usually don't Um, and no one's there all the employees are gone for the day and uh, the cleaning crew's there but they're all inside and the doors are locked so I'm like this must not be it so I pull back out and I drive to our 24 hour Walmart Supercenter with fantastic rollback prices (laughs) <laughs> and I park and I roll up to, and I wasn't like looking for somebody saying, oh, that must be the one. Like, I just yeah. randomly picked a parking spot. Uh huh. And I said, this is going to have to be it. Yeah. Like, i would like literally trying my hardest to defeat the voice in my head saying, all right, if this is real, yeah, you better, you better engage that thought. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I park and it's this dude sitting outside of like a GMC Jimmy, a little midsize uh suv and he's just chilling propped up against the the door and uh he's a, a young black guy he's really cool his name is brandon and uh he's just posted up and i'm like he's, he's sitting there for like 10 minutes and i'm like trying to figure out like what am i how am i going to start this conversation when a mic microsoft f <laughs> I'm still thinking about that story from Ben earlier. Um, (laughs) It's pretty tight. But this Walmart employee walks out. She's got, like, three or four wire coat hangers. And I'm like, oh, no. He locked his keys in his Mm. car. And so he's, like, trying to jimmy that little rubber part away from the window so that he can, like, angle everything (laughs) down in there. (laughs) He's trying to jimmy it. The other guy was trying to rob it. The other guy
0: was trying to frank it. He's... he's, (laughs) He's trying to shimmy a Jimmy into his Jimmy. Just use a first name if you don't know what what verb to use. Oh my God. <laughs> I just so. tried to Randy it. <laughs> okay, back to the story. I tried to Elijah it.
1: <laughs> Matt dude my way in there. Yep. Oh. So he, he can't get into the car. Like well, The coat hanger's not working because his little door poppers don't have a little space for your latch on there. Like the little uh yeah the the pin ones Mm -hmm. so he's it's just like man this is not working and he just kind of slumps down and he just kind of lays the coat hanger down he just starts walking inside and i'm like my time to shine baby let's go
0: (laughs) i was bored for this this.
1: (laughs) and i get out of the car and i'm like walking in the same direction and i catch up to him and he's just kind of like looking over his shoulder kind of at me he's like what the heck i walk up to him like big smile on my face like hey man how are you and he's like i'm good how are you how are you yeah he's like i'm good man my name's my name's matthew what's yours my name's brandon man it's good to meet you and i'm like so what's going on do you lock your keys in your car he's like yeah man i'm having to figure out what i'm gonna do paydays a few days away still and i'm just kind of out of money right now i don't know what i'm gonna do the only person that has a spare key is someone that i I don't I don't feel comfortable calling, and I, I I I I pressed that for a moment. He's like, yeah, it's my. I think it was his father maybe, mm-hmm. who had just like been like you know just the the relationship there was not positive. And you know how young southern gentlemen with with jobs are. You know we gotta we don't want to call yeah. our parents to come bail us out because yeah. we're trying to stand on our own two feet. We're both he and I you know mid twenties, and uh, so. We get inside the lobby of this Walmart. We're just chilling on the benches and uh I look over at him and I say, "Man, hey man, um I'm going to pay for your Pop-a-Lock." Um and he's like, "No, man, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that." I'm like, "Look, there was a price that somebody else paid for me a long, long time ago, and I'd really like to take a few minutes to share uh to share that with you." And he's like He's like, "Well, tell me about that, man. Tell me what happened." And I yeah. was like, "Well, See, this guy named Jesus, <laughs> but really, like, he... You might have heard yeah. all of him. And, you know, he, yeah. he grew up in church, and, you know, he just... There there was no substance, and I think that there might have been some drama. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, he just... He, he took his own path when he became a teenager and eventually a, a man, and, you know, he just raps and does other stuff for a living. Works yeah. at, Works, you know, at a retail store, and um, he's like, Yeah, man, I just... I uh, I don't really know if I'm at a point in my life where I can really Im- Im- face God just yeah. yet. He said, I know He's there. He said, "I know what I've done, and I know that there's a way for me to approach him, but I totally. just don't feel that that's for me yeah. right now. And you know, and I'm um, hitting him with everything, like signs and wonders, <laughs> and testimonies, <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff, like the about big guns. exactly about how God is not just a book. Yeah, He's a person. Totally, and heaven is open and it's for you, and you have the fullness of your inheritance yeah. because you get everything that Jesus deserved. Yeah, um, while He took everything that you deserved, and that's a great trade, right? There. Yeah, good trade." And, He's like, wow, and he was respectful. He listened to me. He didn't play around on his phone. He took everything in, and he's like, yeah. he's like, I believe you, mm-hmm. and I believe that God is real. I just am not ready, yeah. And I have more respect so for people that can confronted. look at me and say that. Oh, totally. Than people who are like, who because that's honestly this freaking grinds my gears, dude. Like a lot of people think that the commandment of don't take the Lord's name in vain means don't say God. Yeah. because people think that that's God's name and yeah. it's not it's Yahweh but yeah. um, totally not taking the Lord's name in vain is a sin and against the Ten Commandments because if you take on Yahweh's name if you enter into his name by the mm. way of yeshua yeah and you claim to represent him and you continue defiantly holding on to your sin mm-hmm. it's honestly better that you had that you had never taken the name in the first place totally man. because you have taken it in vain and you've said i want freedom but you continue to live in slavery yeah
0: i want freedom and comfort exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's crazy dude that that entire situation Like, we have all these stories we can tell of people who got confronted with the reality of Yahweh's heart for them and an invitation into a lifestyle of pursuit. And it all started um, with us honoring a thought we had. Like, all these incredible things. So, like, let me, like, we can start wrapping it up with this thought. What if every time you had a thought about a good thing? You, be, you began to honor those thoughts. You began to say, all right, Yahweh, I know there's biblical precedence for the fact that you speak by way of thoughts that when, we, when we're in the mind of Christ and we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, that we can take every thought we're having captive, grab hold of it, consume the frequency we see, and believe that this is the truth that the Holy Spirit was literally sent to guide us into. What would our life look like? Like This is the reason why the people we're joined to are creating technologies that have never been seen before. Because we are literally seeing the the truth that we were designed to be guided into that is not written in the Bible. The foundation of this truth is in Scripture, but it's things that have never been seen never been heard never been dreamed up by anybody in all of history and when we begin to see those things and think those thoughts then our ability to engage with the telepathic nature of god is going to change the world and the re- and i just think it's so cool you know for every i've heard uh, my my really good friend pastor parker thomaston said this one time. He said, for every authentic thing, there's always a counterfeit. Yeah. So, like, the world has made this thought, like, this idea of telepathy, this science fiction, weird new age counterfeit. Like, they've just twisted the meaning of it but really like telepathy is such a biblical thing and if we would just understand that hearing God's voice and seeing Yahweh's plan and engaging our scroll every day so that we could live according to the purpose and life of of everything he's made available to us peace and abundance and chayeh olam everlasting life like all of this hinges on our ability to see the things that Yahweh desires to say to us to engage in in this uh, telepathic nature of God giving us His thoughts, because
1: you never know, you might just do something that's never been done before, or see something that's never been seen before, or set someone free. Hey, preach that,
0: dude. That's good. This is why we're doing the podcast, <laughs> man. That's my perspective. Drop yeah, the boy. mic. All right, well, thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, episode. Episode number two of our Perspective,
1: Perspective Podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was so corny. Yeah. I'm Elijah the Sun. And I'm Matt Kibble, bully. We'll catch you next time. Peace.
1: Yes.